If you're in social media, and these days, who's not? You might know the name Topher Brophy. If not, you might know Rosenberg. That's his dog. Dog Dad. That's the name of the book, How Animals Bring Out the Best in Us and Can Help Save the World. Topher, we've not talked before. It is so nice to meet you. Steve, it's, it's such an honor, as I mentioned before we got on air. You're a hero in the animal world for all the advocacy and the help you do for animals and for people with animals. So it's such an honor to be talking to you and, and your audience. Thank you. Well, that's so kind. I, I appreciate that. But I speak, as you may know, at veterinary conferences all over. And one of my talks is about the human-animal bond. And in that talk, you should know, I show you and your dog, and I say, need I say more? That's the bond right there. And veterinarians all over the world have seen that slide. And, you know, I've known about you and what you do and how you how you support the human-animal bond for a long time. But what you explain in the book Dog Dad actually begins with a cat that you bonded with in a very special way. Yes, and it's interesting because, you know, my, you know, our audience, which we call our digital family, they really know you know, me for the dog bond, but the truth of the matter is, it's it's all animals, as far as I'm concerned. I just feel like, you know, dogs happen to be probably the most compatible since they can travel with us so freely out of the house, but that bond is with all animals, and when I was very, very young, from the earliest age I could remember, I kind of like, I don't know, something, you know, the human condition is very precarious. A lot of us, we when we know our mortality, you know, we have some existential angst, and I've, I kind of had some as far as I could remember, and, you know, things have been difficult for me, as they have for every human being. I'm not special that way, but it really started to get worse when I was going through the growing pains of, you know, elementary school and adolescence, and I had some really tough childhood times of not feeling comfortable in my own skin, and, you know, when I felt so isolated and alone and weird and different and I found so much solace in, in Emmett, who was my my first, you know, my my brother, my my cat, my first relationship with a with an animal, and his kindness and his energy and his loyalty really, really helped me through the hardest times of of childhood, and that's my first kind of bond. And and you know, he hasn't been with us for so many years, but he he's forever in my heart. And then later in life, you know, I going through some other struggles, as we all do, and my, my lowest point, which at some point I, I didn't know if I was going to go on, quite honestly. Things were so bleak for me, and, and again, I'm not special that way, so I don't want to put any more importance to me than anybody, but it was turned around through the love of Rosenberg, who's, who's my, my son, my, my animal son. He was the portal to me cracking open so many things in myself that I didn't understand through unconditional love through his loyalty, through giving myself to somebody else, I found that happiness was not thinking about myself, which I think a lot of us do, and there's a plague of narcissism going out through our world. I put everything on him, and that was the portal to kind of the happiness, for me understanding that I can be happy by caring for him and then also giving to others through that. Well, I do have to ask you, uh, I've, I've come across some interesting dog names in my time, and you do explain this in the book Dog Dad. The name Rosenberg is not one, it's not Fido or Spot. 
Yeah. You know, where, where I was living at the time, it was a neighborhood um, where it was all, you know, people with, there was a lot, there was a lot of Rosenbergs in the neighborhood. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was fitting. And sometimes it just feels right. You kind of, you know, one of those things you can't really put a meaning on in certain ways. Otherwise, it's just, it just, sometimes it just, it just fits. And, you know, as I mentioned, when he came to my life, I, I realized I was, my unhappiness was thinking about myself and not somebody else. So I put all my energy into his happiness. I, I cooked for him. I did everything. I made sure he had all the walks and the social life. And through that, I ended up having, you know, my self-esteem being built up through giving and through making sure he was happy. And then through that, I, you know, started to develop friends that were also animal parents and realized that there's such a common bond between all people that love animals. It's a really a great unifier that I know that, you know, we celebrate and you do so much with that, but I feel like other people maybe don't understand how much that can unify all of us that come from different backgrounds, socioeconomic, culture, religion, country, political affiliation. It's the one thing we can all agree on that extracts the empathy and the humanity from us. And you mentioned just the, you know, the, the history, the, the bond. I mean, you, you could know this better than me, but my you know, research always shows 30,000 years plus of when the relationship started, and then it was a co-evolution together, you know, biologically. So at this point, we're predisposed to kind of see each other's faces, and I know that with my human children, when they see, you know, dogs and cats, they end up just having this spark and this happiness and these chemicals running through their body, and now it, you know, what it used to be, they were our hunting partners and security systems and transportation. Now they just do so much for us emotionally, and I have a theory about why I'd love to tell you. Um, essentially, when we lose our innocence, when we know that our mortality exists, we kind of lose something and a purity that we can never really get back, and it's part of a human condition I think is difficult for us and part of our magic as well. But there's an innocence that we lost, and animals, since they're not aware of their own mentality in the way that we are, they always have that, like they're always forever, quote-unquote, in the garden. And by being around them and getting the perspective of that innocence and the purity, we can taste it again, and it's something that gives us so much solace, and I call them... You know, love batteries that recharge our generators of love that get depleted, but it brings us back to the innocence that, that we lost and we always want to get back to. And I think it's, that's part of the alchemy for me. Hmm. It's, it's interesting. And we do know, not my opinion, we know that human beings co-evolved with dogs. So I have a question to ask you separate. And you, sure. didn't, you didn't mention this in the book, so maybe it never happened. You're walking down the street and you see one of those neighbors and the neighbor really is. Her name is Mrs. Rosenberg. Have you ever said, Mrs. Rosenberg, meet my dog Rosenberg? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I have, it was, it was a mister, actually. So it wasn't a mister, but yes, that really? actually happened. And, yes. and what did Mr. Rosenberg say when he met Rosenberg? He was, he was a little befuddled at first, <laughs> uh, and then... And and then and then flattered and then we became we became friends to this day. Actually, it's a great great question. But you've never imagine this happening. You're in a dog park, and you hear you call your dog Rosenberg, and Mister Rosenberg comes running to you. That's never happened. That 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 one hasn't happened just yet. No, it could it could. That, but what will happened. what will happen, Topher Brophy? Is we will break for a commercial, and then we'll come back and talk more about dog dad. How animals bring out the best in us, and can help save the world. 
Is that going a bit too far? We'll find out next on WGN. Topher Brophy is here. You may or may not recognize the name. If you're in social media, particularly Instagram, you'll recognize his dog, Rosenberg, and his dog. I mean, you guys have been on television commercials, haven't you, at this point? Yeah, we we were, you know, in some media out there, some commercials that, you know, have gotten a lot of exposure. And for me, what was so happy, because all I wanted to do was amplify the message that dogs make us better people and can help us, and we need to help them in turn. It's a almost a biological, physiological evolutionary obligation for us to treat them so well so they're happy and they help us. It's this amazing alchemic relationship that goes in a beautiful cycle. And the thing about it is they really make us be our best selves, and we can learn from their behavior in ways, by emulating them in ways that we can better the world. And in, when I say that, it's, it might sound lofty, but they treat us not based on anything other than the love we give them. Mm-hmm. You know, I call it a, a love meritocracy, and if that's how we treated each other, with any predispositions to anything, we would all be in such a more harmonious place. So, well, you have all these bullet points uh, in, in your book. Dogs strengthen our ability to love. Dogs know how to forgive. Dogs exemplify humility. Dogs are family, and on and on and on. Uh, all of which I believe are true. What is the most important to you? I would say dogs are family. I think, in a a nutshell, that's the simplest thing I can say. They need to be treated like family. And and the family isn't about having the same biological blood. It's about loving and being dedicated to each other. Well, that's not always good, depending on which family you're in, right? I mean, some, (laughs) some families are rather dysfunctional. So I would say that... Uh, yes, dogs are family, but it's a it's the only family member you can choose. That's a good point. I think it's a good point. I think um, it's more of a metaphor to treat them in a way that betters us and gives them back the love they give us. Then making the best parts of humanity shine through that relationship. Because think about this, there also are portals to nature. They're the first animals. I call them nature's clergy. Because as humans, we often think that we're not part of nature, and that's untrue. It's part of the narcissism that I think has plagued us in recent times, that we think that we're this extra above nature. But they make us remember our biology and our co-evolution. If we come back to being part of nature, we're going to treat the planet better. We're going to treat this place that we live in a way that's more harmonious. We need to use our relationship and our bond to remind each other, remind ourselves of that, especially when technology is taking us to all these places. They, they'll bring us back to where we need to be and where we, where we came from. It's easy for us to forget that as humans, not to mention the plague of people just being on screens. I know I'm, I'm on social media speaking of that, but I'm trying to utilize that to a message that kind of minimizes it, quite honestly, in a, in a way, because dogs live in the present. They're not thinking about the future and the past like we are. They're living in the moment. 
And when we pet them, we're in a meditative place that helps connect all these things together in a way that just helps our mental anguish that I think a lot of us have, especially now more than ever, you know, given the news cycle and the divisiveness that we're surrounded by. Yeah. Do you think we ought to live in the moment more? I think it's the only way for us to be happier. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the only way for us actually to survive and be responsible, you know? I think we owe it to ourselves to kind of put the screens down and just head our animals and take some deep breaths and be in nature. It's the only way I think we can live a really good life. Well, your book is called Dog Dad, How Animals Bring Out the Best in Us and Can Help Save the World, but right on the cover of the book is the logo of the American Humane Association. And proceeds uh, of the book, in fact, are benefiting American Humane. Why did you choose to do that? You know, thank you for asking that question. For me, I think I feel like I found happiness in caring for Rosenberg. There he goes. That's him right there. I hear. And that was the, the, the portal to me understanding myself, building my self-esteem and realizing that, you know, I was numb before that, that I'm this person who feels and feels good when I help people. And I, I want to give back to animals. And I want also to encourage animals to help more people and people to know that they can really change your life. So to do that properly on both fronts, I wanted to put the money where the message was. And I'm not going to make a, a cent on this book. It's all going from my share to the American Humane and to their rescue efforts. And mm-hmm. specifically right now, they're being concentrated in, in Florida, Yes, obviously because of the hurricane, and, and in Ukraine, given the, the horrible travesties happening to, to humans and animals there. But this in this world where everybody wants something, I wanted to put a message out there that helping others and giving to others is really going to help us. But the only way to do that was to actually put all my profits into that message, and that's why I gave it to, to American Humane, who's just an organization who I've been you know, friends with and familiar with for so many years. They're the best in terms of their rating. Um, there's so many great charities, but their rating is really good in terms of all the money going to the rescue efforts and so forth, mm-hmm. and also the people there. It's, it's one that I trust, one that I know, and they've been around with a rich history, and they also you know, safeguard all the animals on, on TV shoots and movies and so forth. So to me, it's, it was the best place of, to put the money to the message and let everyone else know, like, there are people that want to just give good and not take. And it's one of the biggest problems, I mentioned narcissism, that I think animals help us solve. But giving the money away to me was a way to really show that that message is true for me. Well, actually, I'm familiar with American Humane, as I was once a thousand years ago on their board of directors for several years. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, the name of the book is Dog Dad, How Animals Bring Out the Best in Us and Can Help Save the World. Topher Brophy, author of that book, who you can see and find, not only Topher, but more importantly, if you don't mind me saying, your dog Rosenberg, yeah, in social media. How do folks find you in social? So they could go at Topher Brophy um, on everything. Instagram is probably our, our main our main portal, but anywhere that uh, is social media, we're, we have a handle there. But you know, they can find the book by just Googling Topher Brophy book or Topher Brophy dog dad. Um, on Amazon or any place where books are sold, uh, you can find us. All right. Well, I hope you do find And it's an interesting read because here's a guy. I mean, I hope you don't mind me putting it this way, Topher, but here's a guy that was struggling 
as a teenager uh, and then did a little better as Kat helped Emmett along the way. And then going into the workplace, and even before that in college, things weren't so good either, having difficulties, I mean, huge difficulties, social difficulties, and at one point turned to, well, what do you turn to? So you dived into exercise, and that that worked out well. I mean, you became and you were an amazing athlete until you were injured. And then you had nothing else to dive into, and there came along Rosenberg, and you explain that story in a very personal way. Again, the book is called Dog Dad, How Animals Bring Out the Best in Us and Can Help Save the World. He's saving the world. That's not a bad thing. It is good to meet you. Good to talk to you, Topher. I'm honored to talk to you and your audience. Thank you so much for having us. November is National Senior Pet Month, and well, we still have a little of November left. I, wa- I want to get this in. A large new study published in Scientific Reports of 15,000-plus dogs enrolled in the Dog Aging Project, that's an ongoing investigation, to better understand illness, specifically aging in dogs. And dogs have been used uh, for now years as a model for how we age, and quite effectively. So a key finding in this study is that exercise... So when you are done listening to the show, go out and run around the block or something, because exercise offers a significant preventative role. The odds are of cognitive dysfunction diagnosis, that's like, sort of like Alzheimer's in people, is 6.47 times higher in dogs reported not active compared to those that are quote-unquote, very active, according to researchers. But because the disease itself could lead to a lack of exercise, the study results, which are based on observations by owners, suggest what is called a correlation instead of causation. And everything we talk about, we know this, everything we talk about regarding aging and dogs is true for people, too. So does that mean, as I suggested, you should go out and run around the block? Maybe. Of course, age matters. A dog's life expectancy often depends on the breed, the size, body mass. So a mastiff might live, what, 5 to 11 years? A chihuahua maybe up to 20 years? During the later years of a dog's projected lifespan, each successive year contributed to the potential for disease onset, according to the study. So the older a dog gets the older a dog gets. That doesn't make... Here's what I mean by that. So we say if a dog is of a certain age, it correlates to like a 70-year-old or an 80-year-old person. But as dogs continue to age, it continues to accelerate. So those suggestions that we've made aren't correlating to human years, aren't exactly accurate. Earlier studies of canine cognitive dysfunction often drew from veterinary assessments in smaller populations of older dogs. This one is called from dogs that range in age from puppyhood to the mid-20s. That's amazing. In the coming years, as dogs grow older, the project has enrolled more than 40,000 dogs. Eventually, their hope is to reach 100,000 dogs in this particular study. So we are going to learn a lot, not only about how dogs age, and all along the way since this study began, interestingly, dogs continue to live longer overall than ever before. So this all matters for dogs, turns out to matter for all of us as well. We'll talk to you next week, bright and early, right here on WGN.